Father, we just thank you for that love. When we feel like we can't go on, that love that you have for us that we don't deserve. Thank you. God, as we come right now, we just pray for Dawn as she breaks the bread of life that we may use this word to apply it to us, that we may use it every day. God, I pray that you would just take it right now. These things we ask in your name. Amen. All right. Um, welcome, like Marley said, to Simplify Tonight. Um, we're going to be in our second message of our new series, New Year, New You. Um, last week, Kenny talked about solitude and getting along with God and just really how important that is in our walk with God to get quiet, to be still, to focus in on really who God is and and what that means to you, searching the scripture for yourself and, and really letting the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. You can't do that if there are voices and music and friends and your phone and all that all the time and you never just get away. Just get away so that the Holy Spirit can minister to your heart and speak life into you and, and to direct your path. And tonight we are going to be talking about prayer. And when Kenny first told me that he wanted me to do prayer, I was like, I don't know how to explain that. I just don't. And so I really had to pray about it a lot. And so um, I really hope that the Holy Spirit helps me to convey what he has laid on my heart to say. Um, I, I tend to get a little rambly, so I'm going to try to not do that tonight. But I do want to, this is so weird, I was not going to talk about this, but the closer it got to time, it just wouldn't leave my mind. So I was like, okay, okay. Um, so I, I, I dream probably about 35% of the time. I, I'm not a big dreamer like at night, I mean, when I'm asleep. Um, I'm a daydreamer, but not dream, I don't, I don't, whatever. Anyway, so last night I was watching TV it was late, and I just dozed off, okay? So in my dream, Marley was, for those of you who don't know, Marley's my daughter, okay? So in my dream, she was kind of passed out in like a shower, like, but it was deep, it, but it was just, it was weird, and she was blue, okay? She obviously was not breathing, and so it woke me up out of a dead sleep, and I was like, and I went and checked on her, you know, like a freaked out mom would, I guess, and you know, I even woke her up, I was like, Marley, are you asleep? And she's like, oh. so I just wanted to make sure she was, you know, okay, and so this, I, I, I went to sleep after that, after I knew she was fine, and this morning, um, you know, I was drinking my coffee, waiting on her to get dressed for school and all this stuff. And I just opened Facebook, and you know how it shares, like, memories from years ago or whatever? Well, it was so weird. This is so weird that today, tonight, three years ago tonight, Marley was, like, in the deepest part of her seizure problem that she had. And tonight was... Three years ago was the night we had to call 911. She was in the shower, and she was blue when we got in there. 
And I'm telling y'all, when I put all that together today, I have been just, in a way, I've been freaked out. But in a way, like, when I look back on everything that has come to pass to get us to tonight, when you do that and you you choose to see God's hand in everything and you can see his faithfulness and his goodness and how he delivers us out of things that, that were meant to steal our joy or meant to take our life or meant to, you know, really pull us away from God. But, but because you're closer to God than you've ever been, you see God's hand at work in everything that happens, the good, the bad, and everything in between. So that to remember what she looked like three years ago tonight and to see her up here tonight giving the welcome and proclaiming God's goodness and how we should keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that right there did me in for the day. So, with all that said, um, I was thinking uh, about a time that we, a group that a lot, of, a lot of people, we were at a previous church, but a lot of the people who went are here now. A group of people went caving several years ago, okay? So I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go, <laughs> you know, because I just wanted, I was up for whatever. And um, so in this caving experience, you know, you have to wear this little light on your head and everything. And, and really, I thought it was just going to be kind of funny and fun, but really and truly, it really is pitch black, and if your light goes out, you're in big trouble because you really and truly cannot see anything in front of you. And, you know, a couple people got freaked out and couldn't move for a few minutes, and we're like, just go, just go. But th the fear was real for them. Like, they really were scared to move, and, and really and truly, if you're in a situation like that, and your light were to go out and you didn't have other people with you, I've heard all kinds of stuff about that. Like if you're in a cave and your light goes out and you have no way of, like you don't have your phone flashlight or whatever, it is minutes before your mind starts overloading you with freaking you out, scaring you to death, thinking every bad thing, and then before long you lose your sense of direction. You don't have like anything to measure where anything is, then you lose your sense of time. And I was reading about um, this, a couple of people they did a, like an experiment with. They put them in a completely dark place and left them there for a while. And like they were hallucinating. They, you know, they would think they took a nap and they really slept for like 40 hours. So the, the light really keeps us on track, okay? And so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about prayer. And I was just thinking prayer is like the headlamp in the cave. This world is so dark. Our lives are so dark without the light of Christ. We are, there's no point of reference there's no direction. There's no sense of what anything means. You're trying to figure it all out yourself, and you're confused, and you're, you're thinking things are more important than what they really are, and, and you're, you're so wrapped up in yourself that you can't see anything else. And 
tonight I want to try to articulate what God has laid on my heart about prayer and and some of the things in my life that God has walked me through and how important prayer is in my life. Um, I've, I've done this for as long as I can remember. I don't know why. I think it's because, remember when I said I'm a daydreamer? That could not be any more true. I cannot over-dramatize I'm a daydreamer. Like, I can be talking to somebody and my mind is completely somewhere else. But, I mean, I'm not trying to be like that. It's just what my mind does. But anyway, it was very hard. I was a great student, by the way, um, with that problem. Um, but anyway, um, I, I go intentionally. If I have to pray about something more than my food, I go, I wait until nobody's going to be saying, what are you doing? Can you come out? I got a question, blah, blah, or whatever. Or follow me in there, you know. But I go into my closet because it's the only private place in the whole house. And... I, I had, the lights are off and the door is closed because it's dark and I'm focused. I'm not looking around at anything else. I don't take my phone in there. It's me in tune with God. And there have been so many times, like what I was telling y'all about Marley, there have been times that I was so broken over different things, many things, where I I didn't know what I could do. There was nothing I could do to change anything that was going on around me. And that's a helpless feeling. And many times the enemy makes us feel hopeless in those situations. And I know that we all go through them at different times in our lives. So in those times where I feel like I don't have any control over anything that's going on, Sometimes all I could say was, God, I trust you. That's all I knew to say. That's all I could say. And sometimes I couldn't even get that out. But in God's word, in Romans, it tells us that the spirit groans for us when there are no words. He intercedes on our behalf. He He can pray for us when we don't even know what to pray for. That's one thing that I've learned in having a personal relationship with God. It's not a relationship that Kenny has helped me get. It's not a relationship that my parents helped me get. It's a relationship that I have with God. And... It's not something that I'm like, oh, well, that didn't go my way. I guess God's not on my side after all. It's not like that. It's not like that. When you have a true relationship with God and you know that he's in control, and although your circumstances may look like they are devastating and nothing will ever be right again, you know that he's good and he is faithful And he is in control. And you have to rest in that. You have to know that Jesus is enough. No matter what else happens, that's what putting your faith in him means. When everything looks like devastation and despair, he's still good. When when life does not take you away, when problems do not overtake and ruin your family, that's, that's good, and he is good in that. 
But when the opposite happens that you hope and everything looks terrible, he's still good. He's not good because Marley got up here and did the welcome and she's seizure-free. He, he was good the night we had to call 911 and I didn't know what in the world was going to happen in the next five minutes. Still good. So um, I, wanted, I want to read out of Acts chapter 16 tonight. Um, I, gosh, I debated on so many things. You know, I thought about, you know, trying to, in the best way I could, break down the Lord's Prayer. You know, um, there were several other things that, that I thought about, but because... Because God made me think about the darkness of the cave and him being the light and the light, you know, leading the way and all that. I thought about Paul and, and when he and Silas were, you know, he split ways and, and the two of them went and, and they were preaching and teaching and all this in different places. And they came up on this girl, you know. And she kept shouting who they were. You know, they represent Jesus and they're talking about the Son of God and everything. And, and Paul was like, shut up, you know. like. And so he, he called the demon out of her. Well, she was making some people a lot of money because she was possessed and was telling the future and all this stuff. So she was bringing in some money. So that guy that owned her really had them arrested. They were saying, you know, they're, they're trying to get us to do things that are against the Roman um, way of life or religion or whatever. And so they were put in prison, okay? So they're chained up. It's not like when you go to jail here, you know, obviously it's different. They're in a, I picture it to be a pretty dark place. As a matter of fact, I know it's dark in there because of what it says later, but, um, and they're, they're, they're locked up. They're chained up. He and Silas, Paul and Silas. And I, I think it's so cool that that does not stop them from praying and worshiping. Their plan got all messed up by Satan. But that did not deter them. That did not stop them. And I, I think... One reason that they got arrested and had to be in that jail, I think we're going to find out at least one of the reasons. We might not know every reason, but there, the Scripture tells us why, one reason at least. Um, I'll be in chapter 16 of Acts, starting in verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Had Paul and Silas not been arrested, everything went wrong for them. And they were arrested. Actually, they were stripped and beaten first. 
then they were arrested. These guys were persecuted for preaching about Jesus. After they were beaten, they were, they were taken to jail and chained. They did not stop praying. I don't know what they prayed. Maybe all they said was, God, I trust you. I don't know. And they were worshiping. Life circumstances cannot stop you from worshiping. If it does, the enemy wins. The enemy wins if your joy is stolen away because life don't go the way you want it to go. It's more than that. It's about more than what we want. It's about more than what we think should happen. It's about more than our daily plan. You know why? Because there's always somebody listening and watching. And there's always somebody that needs to hear the gospel. Because in their heart, whether they say it or not, they're saying, what do I need to do to be saved? If you can keep praying and singing and trusting God and moving forward and raising your hands in worship when your whole life has been destroyed, I want to know what that's about. I want to know about the God that you serve that can, that can keep breathing life into you when everything has gone wrong for you. You're bleeding and you're chained to a wall and you're still praising God. The world is watching and the world is in darkness with no sense of direction, no sense of where to go, because they're trying to figure it out for themselves because they don't have the light. And we know that once you have the light, nothing can put it out. And they need to know that because everybody don't just automatically know that. And I was thinking about what Kenny um, talked about Sunday about Rose and Haiti and, and the verse in James about pure religion you know, is to care for the orphan and the widow and how we prayed that God would make a way for us to be able to live out that verse while we were in Haiti. And we prayed and we meant it and we were watching for God to provide that for us so that we could do something in his name to show, not to show that we love them, but to show that God loved them so much he sent people that didn't even know them to minister to them in Jesus' name. The focus wasn't on us, it was on God. And, and we prayed that in faith, and we, we did what we were supposed to do, and like he said, we had the extra time, and we were like, what are we going to do? And then Rose, the widow that worked at the church, that needed the roof, and how God said, I don't need you, but... But if you're available, I'm going to use you and it's going to be super cool. And you get to see me work. And that's what it's about. It's not about that headlamp shining on us. It's about the light reflecting the image of God that we bear so that the world sees him and not us. The power of prayer is not like um, 
I really need to do good on this test. I didn't really study, but if I don't pass, this is what I used to do this sometimes. I, I did not study because I fell asleep. And, you know, or I was talking in class. I didn't get the notes, whatever. You know, I had a lot of reasons I didn't do well sometimes. But, um, you know, and then praying that God would miraculously let you know the answers by some miracle. I mean, no, it doesn't work like that. It's not like a... Um, you know, the Zoltar machine where you're like, I wish to be big. You know, it's not like that. It's like when, when your life points to Christ, when you hunger for the things of God, your desires change to be the desires that he has for your life to bring him glory, not you. It's not like he's going to give you a bunch of money and you're going to get to go travel all the time and, you know, live it up and all this stuff. That's not, that's not what prayer is meant to be. It's a reverence. It's, a, it's almost like a crushing thankfulness. You're just in awe of, first of all, that God cares enough about us to listen, that he doesn't just... Oh, I guess I'll listen. He wants, he wants to know. He wants to hear. He cares about us. Um, in Psalm, it says, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath in my lungs. He listens to you. He wants to hear. He wants to hear what is your burdens. Yes, he knows. But just like Kenny always says, anytime God asks a question in the Bible, it's an invitation. Anytime that we trust him enough to tell him what's going on, that's a sign of a relationship that we have, that connection, that, that trust we have with our Father. We understand that he loves us. We understand that he made a way for us when there was no way. We understand that he uses us even though he doesn't need us. He is, he is love, and he wants to pour that love on us so that we desire the things of God instead of the things of dawn or the things of a career. I'm guilty of that. I think those things a lot. Why can't I be like so-and-so? And I know we all do that in different ways. I know that. That's who we are as humans. But the daily thing is to keep your eyes fixed on him and lay aside those weights that trip us up, like Marley said. It all connects. It's all relevant to us today. It's not this old book that isn't applicable to our lives. It, it's everything. It's, it's what sustains our life. It's what gives our life meaning and purpose. It's, it's everything. And prayer is like this supernatural connection to God like this but it's so huge and grand that we can't explain it but it's also so small and intimate and personal that there's nothing else like it there's nothing else like it prayer 
literally will change your entire life. It will transform your entire heart, mind, everything. It is, it is our chance. We don't have to have anybody to pray for us. We don't have to go. We don't have to wait like they used to in the Old Testament to go and do our sacrifice and all this stuff. God has made a way where we can just walk right into our closet or bow down at our couch or wherever we can be still and listen to God. We can pray. That is a miracle in itself. And to know that God speaks to us and the Holy Spirit prays for us and Jesus intercedes for us and he's standing there pleading for us it is all so incredible. It is such a gift that he did not have to give us. And the closer you become to God, the more you, you may not be able to put it into words as you say, I'm having a hard time. But you, it it's just becomes who you are. It's like you cannot breathe without it. You cannot get through the day without it. You, Kenny has talked about when, when Kenneth's passed away and or was dying and they said do you want us to call anybody he didn't need anybody to call be called he had a connection to God he didn't need somebody to pray on his behalf he prayed to God himself because he had a personal relationship with him and that's the difference you don't have to call somebody every time something goes wrong you you go to the one the only one that can truly Either change your circumstances, change your heart, or change your mindset about it. He is our provider, our healer. He makes all things new, and everything he does is on time and good, no matter what it looks like to us. And once you trust him, and you can honestly say that, it will change the way you see everything. I hope that all of you have a personal relationship with Jesus. That, that is honestly and truly the biggest prayer of my life. But if you don't, I pray that the Holy Spirit will show you that so that you can, you can learn what it's like to know that you're never alone. And no matter what happens... He's good. Um, there was a time in my life that I, I asked Jesus to rescue my heart and be my Savior when I was 12-ish. I don't remember the date. I've done a lot of living since I was 12, okay? I'm way older than that now. And so, and so um, there have been things in my life that I did not carry to God in prayer. And those are the things that I have to look back on and know that I made those ashes I made those bad decisions. And in those moments, 
I remember thinking, God will never be able to use me again. I've ruined everything. <laughs> I, have, I have made a hasty decision or chosen to put myself in situations that I would regret for my whole life. And that, that is true. All that's true. But this is only God can bring beauty from the ashes. Only God can restore and mend a broken heart and make it stronger than it was before. Only God can work a disaster into something that brings Him glory. Only God can do that. Only God can change a person from what they used to be to something completely different that strives to please Him instead of themselves. And when the world sees that, they see a light. They may not know where it comes from or what it means, but they do see a difference. And everything we do matters. And if you fall, get up. Just get up. Because the worst thing I could have ever done would be way back then to be like, there's no way God can ever use me and walk away from him. I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit would not leave me alone. I am so thankful for that. And I hope that if you are in that place that you do know Jesus and you have stepped away just a little bit, look, you're walking straight and you just barely move, it don't take long before you are way over here. I mean just a little bit. It changes everything. And there's nothing that any of us can do to be beyond God's redemption. Ever. Ever. And we're not called to walk in shame. We're called to walk in freedom. That's what Jesus died for. So don't let the enemy steal your joy or make you feel like because you've done something or somebody's done something to you that you're useless because that's a lie. Just start now. Get up. And walk in the light that you have. Or pray for the Holy Spirit to show you that you don't have it. I'm going to pray and if you need to come down here and pray or, you know, get somebody to pray with you or you just want to pray at your seat, I hope that you will do that and don't just shrug this off because prayer is essential in your relationship with God. It is, and it makes all the difference. It really does. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege. God, for the gift of prayer, Lord. God, for you, through Jesus, God, you've made a way where we just can pray directly to you and you listen. God, I pray that no matter what has happened or what will happen in every life in this room, God, that we will never ever stop praying to you 
and stop shining our light for you, God, because you are good and you deserve our praise and you deserve every aspect of our lives, good and bad, God. We just give it to you. You can change everything. God, I thank you that through so many things in my life, I've learned to trust you. I just, I just love you so much, and I thank you for every person in this room. I pray that you, if you are stirring a heart and they don't, they don't move tonight, God, I pray that you will do them the way you did me all those years and just not leave them alone. Thank you for, for loving us and for always being good and for always being on time, Lord. We just... God, we give you this time right now. In your holy name I pray, amen.